0: <laughs> Welcome to the regular season premiere of That's Good Broncos prediction episode. I am Brandon. I officially have better facial hair than Mike Vrabel. Perna, Sure, his bone structure is superior, but until he grows that mustache back, he is a weak and feeble man who will never get Tennessee to the big game. Today, Will Keyes and I have taken a dive into the shallow pool that is our weekly Denver Broncos preview slash prediction episode. It's an absolute travesty that Denver has to start the season without Von Miller. And I won't sit here and pretend like everything will be okay without him. But just like Michael Scott, somehow I manage. And so will you. Let's take a look at this game, a few key matchups, and the all-important X Factors for the final game of the weekend, the Monday night football finale, Broncos Titans. That's good, Broncos. <laughs> The Broncos did avoid a second catastrophe after Cortland Sutton went down in practice this week. We feared the worst because we just experienced the worst with Von Miller. But Sutton walked away with just an AC joint sprain and is questionable for Monday night's game. Now, AC joint injuries are extremely painful. So even if Sutton gets the okay to play, I'm not sure how effective a wide receiver who needs to use his shoulder pretty much regularly to catch footballs can be. Think about Trevor Simeon playing an entire season with an AC joint injury in 2017. It is not ideal. It will eventually get you replaced by uh, Case Keenum. The Broncos have a quarterback this year and some sultry new weapons for him to use to dismantle opposing defenses. And my nickname game is getting even stronger now that I'm a dad. Judge Jerry Judy will be sentencing the defenders in the Supreme Courtland, so Drew can lock their Jake butts up. The 2020 Broncos offense shall be known as law and order. And I thank Trump for teasing that for the last several months. Law and order. Now, the Tennessee Titans played their worst game of 2019 against the Broncos. It was a mutually beneficial experience, though, as the Broncos got a shutout and the Titans were forced to bench Marcus Mariota and then play Ryan Tannehill, which then changed the entire trajectory of their season. Then Tennessee went ahead and gave us Jarrell Casey for next to nothing just to say thank you, which we appreciate. The Broncos got a seventh rounder for struggling corner Isaac Yadim from the Giants. A seventh rounder is the same thing Denver gave up for a Pro Bowl defensive lineman to trio with Shelby Harris and Mike Purcell. That's good general managing. Nobody wants to praise Elway's great moves, do they? Well, I will, John. I will. So it's Drew Locke and Ryan Tannehill. Now, I may call Drew Locke Donnie Brasco from time to time, as he actually had a small role in that movie. Is it weird that even as a baby filmmaker, Mike Newell knew he did indeed have a horsecock pedigree? Yes, very weird, but fortuitous. You don't get an Oscar nomination if you're lying about horsecocks. Anyway, Drew wasn't perfect last year, but he was everything the Broncos have missed at the position. He knew how to maneuver in the pocket, even if he had a habit of drifting like he was born in Tokyo. He was careful with the ball, made plays off script, and most importantly, raised the level of play from his teammates. You can't say that about anyone since Peyton Manning. Now, Locke got some hype early in the offseason. Colin Cowherd was saying he was the most likely of the second-year quarterbacks to win MVP, but it feels like the national buzz has cooled off on him recently. But now, starting his second season and just his sixth game, he's playing in front of the primetime audience for the first time. Luckily, half of the media is on the East Coast and will be in bed before this game starts, which is the main reason Christian McCaffrey lost to Heisman. But Monday Night Football will always be a big deal. Most fans know him from his sideline rapping against the Raiders, but forgot that he lit up a playoff team like a fucking Christmas tree in Houston. So are we a mile high on Drew Locke here in Denver? Yeah, we are. Now we've got the Broncos offense facing a Titans defense. The Titans swooped in and won the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes, just in time to get him on the field to play the Broncos. I wanted Clowney to go to Tennessee. I admit that. And many of you were like, Oh, why? He's going to play the Broncos. He's going to play the Broncos. Yeah, week one, after Clowney has had exactly eight days to get up to speed which is far better than a full-strength clowny in the final week of November when Denver plays New Orleans, the other place he was going to land. You are checkers. I am the new Xbox. Don't forget that. Now, we haven't seen the Tennessee defense without Jarrell Casey since 2010. He's played at least 14 games every season in his career. Last season, when he missed two games, the Titans gave up a combined 62 points. He is a difference maker on that D-line, and whether Jadavian Clowney is up to speed could decide a lot in this matchup. The Tennessee interior will be going up against Graham Glasgow, Dalton Reisner, and rookie Lloyd Cushenberry. Two of those guys being new pieces, so we'll have to keep an eye on how the guards hold up against Clowney when he stunts inside. I feel better about Reisner than Glasgow right now, who's recovering from an injury. Jeffrey Simmons on that Titans D-line was a difference maker when he got on the field last season, but I'm not particularly worried about anyone besides Simmons and maybe Clowney. Maybe Vic Beasley will be better in a more limited role. I do feel good about the Broncos receivers versus the Titans corners. We know they lost Logan Ryan, who contributed four picks and four and a half sacks for them last season and now they're starting a dory jackson and malcolm butler two uh, pretty decent options but when Denver spreads them out with all of their ball catchers, I think they can attack their nickel guys. I like the Broncos odds if they can get Jerry Judy or KJ Hamler, should he play, against Tennessee's rookie corner Christian Fulton, or 36-year-old Jonathan Joseph, who, believe it or not, is still in the league in a backup role. If Sutton and Judy don't combine for 200 catches and 275 yards, I will be disappointed. then we've got the Broncos defense against the Titans' Oh. A guy I really want to see make a leap this season, who I think has the potential to do so, is Draymond Jones. Bradley Chubb may be limited, but that's okay because Malik Reed could be like 2015 Shaquille Barrett. Underappreciated and then getting 19 and a half sacks in a couple years for a different team. I have to believe Malik Reed is capable of 19 sacks to convince myself that everything will be fine without Von Miller. Now, I will give Mark Barron a chance. I've been hard on him. But I still believe he was the Mason Rudolph of the Steelers defense last season, and he's already injured and highly questionable to be available Monday night. The positive spin at the linebacker position is that Alexander Johnson was so good last year, you don't even need another linebacker on the field even when Derrick Henry is staring you down on offense. Johnson uh, did receive the highest grade of any second year defensive player last season by Pro Football Focus. By the end of this season, everyone in the NFL will know the name osteoporosis bus driver, which is his official nickname, no matter how much he denies it. One PFF analyst also ranked Drew Locke as the worst starting quarterback in 2020. A prime example of how something can feel so right and so wrong at the same time. Like a sexual experience with Odell Beckham Jr. Legally, we know that saying allegedly provides full immunity before you say something outrageous, private, and potentially harmful to someone's reputation, so I'm glad they threw it in there when talking about Odell. Like when I say John Elway allegedly kissed me in my dreams and I did not stop him allegedly. This will be our first opportunity to see Bryce Callahan actually on the field after they signed him back in the spring of 2019, which feels like a different decade. The guy that has to be stopped in the passing game is A.J. Brown, and there's a good chance he'll be the one matched up with fellow A.J. Boye. Last year, A.J. Brown torched Boyer on a 65-yard touchdown, making AJ look pretty bad as the other AJ looked pretty good. AJ versus AJ. So this matchup worries me ever so slightly if they are indeed facing one another. Brown beat Boyer a few times in that game, but... Then again, not having to play in Jacksonville is a greater relief than passing a kidney stone and should give him an extra pep in his step. The Broncos did a pretty good job against Ryan Tannehill last year in limited action, but that was without either side's ability to game plan for the other. Our last memory of Tannehill is him in a perpetual state of handoff to Derrick Henry in the playoffs, which tends to cloud the fact that he was extremely efficient. Averaging almost 10 yards per completion in his 12 regular season starts, and being all-around deadly off of play action. When Gary Kubiak goes to sleep at night, he dreams of guys like Ryan Tannehill, while I'm still dreaming of Elway. Stopping Tannehill is largely a matter of stopping Derrick Henry, and all four of... Tannehill's losses as a starter last year Henry was held to under 90 yards in three of those games and didn't play in one Denver stopped Henry especially well last season bottling him up on 15 carries for just 28 yards which was 35 yards less than his second worst game in 2019 Henry had the most rushing attempts of any back last season with 303 which is also Denver's area code what does that mean It means the only city on earth that still plays 303 on the radio is Denver. Uh, Play that in the stadium during the game if you really want to stop King Henry again. He fucking hates them. Denver will miss Todd Davis, who had six solo tackles tackles in that game, but the Broncos' ability to stop the run came as a result of subbing Mike Purcell and the osteoporosis bus driver into the lineup more than it did getting Todd Davis back, who was part of that 225-yard debacle against Leonard Fournette. Now it's time for the X-Factors, things that could swing this game based solely on my imagination. I mentioned A.J. Brown, but I also think tight end Johnny Smith could be a mismatch for the Broncos. Ryan Tannehill started targeting Smith much more frequently once he took over, and Smith had his best season statistically and really improved his overall game in 2019. The Titans also have something the Broncos haven't had in years a great offensive line. If there's any indicator of that disparity, it's that former Broncos Ty Sambrilo and Aaron Brewer are backups on that unit. The only line in Tennessee I'm more envious of is Mike Vrabel's jawline. The Titans recently released Trevor Simeon toast crunch and then added him back to their practice squad. Could have been an X-factor for them, but Simeon will not travel to Denver as part of the practice squad. Stupid move right before they play the Broncos. Simeon could show you all of the secrets of the stadium, like where he hid Paxton Lynch's brain. Vic Fangio will start his second season as head coach, but this is the first time he will start a season as a head coach without having kidney stones. Laser focus from Fangio equals a perfectly called game from the sideline. And my last, Bronco's X-Factor is a healthy butt. Besides Cheeks, Jake will be splitting coverages, acting as a safety net for Drew Locke when shit gets hairy down there. I think butt will be explosive week one. So my final prediction... It would be really hard for me to pick against the Broncos in a home opener on Monday Night Football on a YouTube channel called That's Good Broncos in one of their most anticipated games in recent memory. So I'm not going to do it. Broncos win this bad boy 33-27. Great game, Titans, but you fucking lost. Please subscribe here on YouTube to That's Good Sports or That's Good Broncos. I don't really care, just as long as you pay attention to me. This channel's not about football. It's about me desperately seeking approval from strangers. You know that by now.